you know, I look at stuff and I think, okay, is that likely to happen again? And if it's not likely to happen again, I just let it go. Because every moment of every day can't be a conversation about red flags. Our own way is not always right. We have become so familiar with our own stuff that it just looks normal. We are so glad that you could join us for Bridges today. We're talking about red flags in relationships, and I'm so glad that all of you could come out today. I think you're brave when we start talking about red flags in relationships, because sometimes we all want to pretend like everything is just A-OK, -okay and that none of us have any problems or struggles. And the thing is, we, we all have problems and we all have struggles. It's really just all about to what extent will we trust Christ in the midst of those struggles. And that's really what it's all about. And so today, when we talk about red flags, we're gonna talk about secrets. We're going to talk about dishonesty. And we're going to talk about just when people are unwilling to get help. Now, I know none of you in here uh, would have ever kept a secret from anybody, but I think that we all know that we've all kept secrets in relationships. And to some extent, it's affected the relationship. And sometimes the secrets are big, so there's a huge uh, rippling effect that that secret has. But I do think it's important to talk about these things and red flags in relationships because I think the only way that we can improve or move forward in Christ is to really be honest about where we are and to be honest that we all struggle in the flesh. The Bible says to fight the good fight of the faith. It's a fight. It's called a fight because it's hard. It's not the easy way. The easy way is that broad road that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to life. So hopefully and prayerfully what today is all about is taking that broad road and bring it right into the narrow road and saying here are things that we've all said and done and that we've allowed in our lives, but today that's going to stop. We're not going to let red flags go any further. And so Lisa Hooks is here today. And Lisa, I'd love for you to just talk to Christy Neal at this point in time. Yeah. So Christy, mm -hmm. what are some of your secrets and how have they affected your relationships? Sure. Well, first I'd like to say you have to think of secrets as tiny seeds of deception. Mm -hmm. And I never realized that. And my secrets all started from undealt with anger from my childhood. I didn't receive enough attention as a little girl. And when I found myself married and then my husband wouldn't give me the attention that I wanted, I started getting angry. Mm -hmm. And so I remember thinking, you know what? I'll go get my attention somewhere else. That's just fine. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... 
Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And so men started giving me attention, and I kept that from my husband. Mm -hmm. And I remember starting to feel guilty about it and reaching out to my husband and saying, you know, I am starting to get attention outside of you. We need help. And he did not want to go to counseling. But looking back, I was not specific. Had I been specific and named the man and said, this man at our church is giving me attention, then it would have been a different outcome. And so for me, it ended up costing me my family, Mm. my job as a stay-at-home mom. And so secrets cost Mm. us big time, and they isolate us. And so I feel like when you bring you're honest and you bring your secrets into the light and you're specific, that is when the shadows will fall behind you uh, and God will be there. Thank you for sharing, Christy. Sure, sure. Yeah, thank you for sharing, Christy. And if you listen to what Christy is saying, and I respect Christy so much just as a a Christian woman and she's an author now and, and a speaker and she shares her story of secrets and how Um, I like how you said the tiny seeds of deception and not being specific. You all know that many times in relationships and day-to-day, we give out tiny generalities. You know what I mean? As Christy said in her situation, she didn't name the guy. If she would have named the guy, that would have brought the whole thing into the forefront. And her husband could have could have made, her husband at that time could have made a different decision. He could have seen, oh my goodness, we are really in trouble because that would be one thing to take away from that. He might have said, you know, I, I don't care to do anything about that. But secrets in close relationships breed problems. You know, I don't hang around with men, so I don't know what kind of secrets, you know, men keep, but I've been around women that keep all kinds of stuff from their husbands. And they want honesty from their husbands and conversation and attention from their husbands, but yet there are these secrets. So I like to, to look at it like that every time there's a secret, say it's, we can't see it physically, but let's say it's like right there in front of me. Whoever I'm in a relationship with now, that's the distance that there, that there is between us. And you know how it is. When you keep one secret, you have to keep another secret. And then there's another secret. And then there's another secret, and it grows, and it grows, and it grows. I have a very dear friend who is a very mature person in the Lord now, but in her first marriage, she started keeping a lot of secrets. And, you know, it started with, you know, going out to meet people for drinks, and she'd say she was someplace else. And then in this thing that she was doing, she met a guy that she liked. And she ended up pursuing that relationship. And she told me at one point, there came a point that she had told so many lies and had kept so many secrets, she couldn't keep the name straight. And she would think, oh, did I, did I tell my husband this that happened at work or was that the other guy? And it got, conf- you know, and you all, secrets do breed confusion. There's a price for everything that we do. 
they keep whoever we're in close relationship apart. And let me say this, and if you're married and you have children, those secrets affect your beautiful children. And most parents will say, you know, they're okay with the damage that they do to this relationship, but they don't want the kids to be hurt. But when you're married, you are hurting your children when you keep secrets. Whether you want to or you don't want to. And those little children didn't ask to be born. And they're not asking to be exposed to all of those adult issues. We have to protect our children. And one of the best ways to do that is to live a holy life. Holiness allows us to live close to people because we don't have a lot to hide. So the next thing, you know, there are secrets, and I'm going to just say this. If you've got big secrets, I would suggest you go get help for your secrets and how and what you need to tell whoever you're married to. But don't continue in secrets. Don't continue that lifestyle. Stop it. Because it's not good for anybody and if you read Christy Neal's book, she outlines some of the consequences that she had to go through because of the secrets that she kept. Um, sometimes stuff looks good at the forefront. You know, the Bible says sin has pleasure for a season, but the end of that season, there is nothing but destruction. So I caution you if, you, if there's still, you know, if you're in that, get out and get some help about what you need to tell, who you need to tell, when that needs to happen. Get some help so that you be, can begin to be honest about your life because that load of guilt and shame is going to break once you get honest with Jesus. You don't have to live under that stuff anymore. Lisa, you did a post uh, on social media. Tell us about that post and what kind of responses you got. Asked about dishonesty, how we tell lies in our relationship. And Monica, one of the main lies was how much we spend shopping. <gasps> I mean, I, I have hidden shoes and I have snuck clothes in so I could really relate to this one. And the other was saying that we're fine when we're not. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've hidden clothes too, I want you to know that. Yeah, I put them, you know, at the back of the closet. I actually learned this from, well, you know, you don't have to learn to be dishonest, but. A friend of mine told me that she would go out and she would get things and she'd put it in the back of the closet and when she'd put it on, her husband would say, oh, is that new? And she'd know the underlying question was how much you spent and you didn't tell me about that. And she'd say, oh no, I've had it, I've had it for a while. <laughs> and I thought, well, that seems to work. I could try that. <laughs> well, I found that my load of guilt and shame was really heavy for that. Like, I just felt horrible about it. Like, so I had to come clean. And thankfully, my secrets didn't total more than, you know, $100. Uh, but I said, you know, this is what I've done, and now I'm honest about that. So I don't have that red flag going on, but I used to be <laughs> dishonest about that. I, you know, we all smiled and laughed because we've done it. We've done it. What was the other one, Lisa? Saying that we're fine and we're not. Oh, certainly we've never done that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, people ask you, are you okay? I'm fine. Oh, no, I, I'm fine. I said, I'm fine, right? Look with me at Proverbs 12 and verse 22, and I'll read out of the New Living Translation. The Lord detests lying lips, 
but he delights in those who tell the truth. And I don't know about you, but I want the Lord to delight in me. And I want to be a person that tells the truth, even if the truth is hard to tell. Because, you know, sometimes we do go out and overspend, right? We need to come clean about it. Maybe we need to go return some of that stuff because we really couldn't afford it. I've had to do that too. You know, you just hate taking the return back because the person was so excited to sell it to you. And then you're standing at the counter and it's like, oh, I spent way too much. And they're like, oh, but it looks so nice on you. It's like, you've got to take this back. (laughs) None of us, if we're in Christ, want to be a liar. And we look at our dishonesty in varying levels. You know, we smile about the clothes and the shopping. And um, what was the other one, Lisa? Saying we're okay? Yeah. You know, we look at, well, that's not that big of a deal. But a lie is a lie is a lie. And the challenge with all of that is, is that the more lies that we tell, the more lies that we have to keep telling. And the other thing is, when we start to get comfortable with sin, you know what I'm saying? Like, we just get okay with that. Like, well, I I felt a little uncomfortable when I overspent. And, you know, I felt sort of uncomfortable when I said I was okay and I wasn't. But, you know, I really, I didn't want to talk about anything. So it's okay. There's a price for all of that, too, in our relationships. And the price for that is not as immediate as some of the other Mm -hmm. things. And it doesn't seem as large, but there's a consequence. And we don't want the Lord to detest our behavior. I mean, do you? You know, when the Bible talks about quenching the Holy Spirit, lying is one of those things that we do. And so if somebody asks us if we're okay, and we really, you know, we don't want to tell them, and we don't want to talk about it, well, that's okay. Everything's not for everybody. It's totally okay to say, you know, I just don't have anything to say right now. And if they get worried about it, say, you know, it's not anything with you. I just don't have anything to say right now. It's okay to think about what we want to say and to think about what we're feeling. Because a lot of us, our behavior has to do with a lot with the way that we came up as a child things that we didn't deal with. And honestly, sometimes we really don't know how we're really feeling. Do you know what, you know, do you know what I mean? Like we feel really angry. And we're not quite sure where that comes from. We've got to think through it and think about if that was, if it's really something even worth talking about. Because sometimes stuff is, it's just not worth talking about. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah, this right. thing that happened and we may have this temporary feeling of being uncomfortable or being annoyed, but in the scope of life, it's no big deal. You know, I look at stuff and I think, okay, is that likely to happen again? And if it's not likely to happen again, I just let it go. Because every moment of every day can't be a conversation about red flags. Right? There has to be a time to like enjoy your life and just be happy that God made you and love the people that are in your life, even though we're all fighting the good fight of the faith. Every moment just can't be uh, a counseling session. (laughs) You know? Sometimes people show up late because they got caught in traffic. If it doesn't happen honest, you're not, if it doesn't happen often, you're not dishonest if you say, you know, I. 
I just don't have anything to talk about. It's okay. So don't tell a lie about it. Just say, I, I don't have anything to say right now. I'm just thinking about some stuff. I just need to process this. Because many times when I get to the end of the process, it's not worth talking about. But if it's something that gnaws at me, and this is a test that you can do in your life, if it's something that keeps coming up, and if it doesn't go away, then it's a red flag that we need to deal with. I think we've been kind of coddled into thinking that every moment in life should just be totally comfortable. That's right. And that every moment is just totally convenient. And one of the things that we need to know, if we want to have relationships with people, there are plenty of uncomfortable moments. <laughs> there are moments we don't know what to say. There are moments we don't know what to do. There are moments we don't know how to help, but we want to help. And so it's not dishonest to just say, you know, I'm just not sure like even what to say right now, so let's just click along. And then to be in a relationship with somebody that's mature enough that can say that. You know, my husband and I will just say, right now, let's just click along. We don't even know. Might not even be something we want to deal with. So we want God to delight in our behavior. We don't want the Lord to detest our behavior. Let's talk about unwilling to get help for just a moment. I'm not sure what it is about human nature. We just have this thing, you know, that we've got it on our own. And we have this thing that if we expose whatever it is to anybody else, that they're just going to think less of us and that it's going to look like we're weak. And, you know, especially like if we're a Christian, you know, that we should have just been able to pray more and get through that. So I am a big believer in prayer. I believe in praying without ceasing. I believe in prayer. God answers prayer. God changes us through prayer. He doesn't just change things. He changes us. He changes hearts. Here's the thing about being unwilling to get help. If you've been going around that mountain day after day after day, and days have become weeks, and weeks have become months, and months have become years, and you've been praying and you've been obeying, then you need help. Like if you've done what's in your hand to do, and it, whatever it is, is still there, it's time for help. Here's what Proverbs 12:15 out of the New Living Translation says. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Our own way is not always right. And we don't always know our own stuff because it's our own stuff. Like, we have become so familiar with our own stuff that it just looks normal. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just what we've been doing. That's how we've grown up. So we just don't stinking know any better. I remember the first time that I told my husband that You know, all of the women in my family growing up, every Sunday after dinner, weighed in. We took turns weighing on blue shag carpet. Yeah, and you know, the scale always makes you heavier on shag carpet, I'm just saying. 
And who in their right minds weighs after they eat food? You guys, they did that, and it was your weight was recorded in a blue spiral notebook. And do you know that even though I was totally uncomfortable with that, even, even though I hated that, and sometimes I prayed, dear Jesus, let me pass out before it's my turn, <laughs> which he never answered that prayer, thank you, Jesus. What I'm saying is I didn't realize that that was hugely dysfunctional and abnormal because every woman in the family did it. It was like right after we sat around the dinner table, you know, my mom or my step-grandmother would say, you know, it's time to go weigh in, and we'd all go into the living room, and we would do that. And I was always the heaviest one of the group, so that had its own thing. But what I'm saying is, like, I didn't know that I needed help because I had done that so much. So it took my husband saying, and I resisted at first. He said, that's weird. And I'm like, no, that is not weird. Your family is weird. <laughs> do you know the stuff they do over there? That's very weird. Let's talk about weird. I'm like, all the men go into one room and just watch sports and this happens because that's what America does. I'm like, well, then I'm un-American. <laughs> so we have to realize to be patient with people in our lives that have the red flag of being unwilling to get help, they may not know that they need it. So pray on that. You can't shame people into getting help. But what we can do is when we realize that we need help, we can go get the help. And we can do something about that. So what we've got to understand in these red flags in relationships is that we really, we all have them. And the real challenge is to live with them day in and day out. And the real struggle and the real sorrowful part of it would be to live like that every single day and to never understand that in Christ, there's no shame. You know, even as Christy shared today her secrets, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to tell the truth when we've done wrong. It's just not in our human nature. It takes an act of faith to out yourself. But at the moment that we do that and we can repent, we can receive forgiveness and all of that shame and all of that guilt is lifted from us immediately. And you all, he's so good. He is so good that even if we have to walk through consequences as a result of secrets and as a result of dishonesty, we are never alone. He is always with us every single step of the way, no matter how hard the next step is, no matter how long the consequences last, his grace is more than enough. In Christ, there is no shame. In Christ, there is only shine. So remember that in these red flags. And in just a moment, Jennifer McGill is going to come and talk to Christy Neal about how the Lord helped her go from shame to shine. Would you like to be a part of a Bridges Studio audience production? 
Visit monicaschmelter.com calendar to sign up. You can purchase a copy of today's show for $15. Call us at 615-754-0039 or send a check to the address on your screen. Be sure to mention the program number. This is Jennifer McGill. Thank you so much for joining us on Bridges. I am here with Christy Neal. She is an author and a speaker. Thank you so much for being here today with us. So Monica has been talking today about secrets, dishonesty, how to get help. Now, Christy, I know that this uh, flows through with your book. Tell us about your book. My book is called Don't Ever Tell. It's basically a memoir, and it's full of wisdom nuggets telling about my story personal story and my struggle with adultery. And so what I found was as a Christian woman, there were no tools for me and I was looking for help. And so I truly felt called by God to share my story because I know there are thousands of women like myself that have struggled with the guilt and the shame that come with living a double life that all stemmed from secrets and dishonesty in my first marriage. And so I was really wanting to heal and looking for hope. And it's one of those topics that no one wants to talk about. So tell us about how God brought you from shame to shine. Like, tell us a little bit about that, that slogan, just, just what that means to you. Sure. I found myself as a single mom because I ended up divorced. I ended up losing my job as a stay at home mom. And I was struggling to keep my head above water. I thought it was interesting because the same voice, the enticer that talked me into the sin automatically became the accuser and was constantly condemning me, telling me how terrible I was, what a failure I was. I might as well end my life. Um, I've ruined my daughter's life. And so one night I found myself just wailing and crying out to God. And I was in my daughter's room. I would go there when we were getting used to her every other weekend routine with her father. And I was missing her terribly. And, and I was just crying out to God, God, I need this woman. You know, I need this woman. And so he just said, you are her. You know, you need to rise up and be this voice. And so he really uh, drew me to him. He pursued me. And it took a while for me to agree, you know, with this. But I anchored myself in the word. I found a couple of scriptures that really helped me stand on his promises, even though I didn't feel worthy of them. So one of them I'll share with you is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. And that really meant a lot. He declared it over my life. Uh, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So I knew there was a plan. And I knew somehow God was going to take this ugly mess I had made and turn it for good. And so really I just started striving and using my pain to fuel my passion to help other women not be dumb and make stupid decisions like me. And I thought, you know, if I can just save one woman from not doing what I did, help one woman save her first family. Uh, help woman, ne you know, never get into this situation, then it's worth it. Now imagine that there's someone watching right now who may be calling themselves dumb or less than or a failure, and, and we can be afraid to take that first step, even in privacy to God, but, but really in the big picture, getting help, really getting beyond the secret, beyond the dishonesty. How does your book help us do that? It walks you through how I had to decide to own my choices. I could not blame them away on anyone. I could not blame them on my parents, blame them on my husband. I had to own this was my mess. 
Second, I had to accept where I was. This is where I am. This is where I am. I can't unscramble this egg. Am I going to do good with it, or am I going to let it be the end of me? And I refused to let it be the end of me. And I used it to get angry at the devil. You know, I, I was like, I'm not going to get angry at God. I'm going to get angry at the devil. And so I think that we need to shift our anger sometimes from why me to, okay, I accept this is what is. Now, how can I turn this for the good? How can I use this? to help someone, you know, be the voice I wish I would have had in my own life. And where can we find this? Where can we find this voice in this book? Where can we get that? You can get this on my website at choosedifferent.org or on Amazon. Wonderful. Now, I really love all of this that Monica has brought together in this three-part series about taking responsibility that we are works in progress, but that God needs to be in the center and that God is the fixer and that we do need to get help. So thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you to Monica for amazing, amazing inspiration today. I'm Jennifer McGill. Thank you so much for being here with us on Bridges. You can see the episodes in full as well as the study guides at Monica Schmelter. Have a great rest of your day. The blood of Christ is the only cure. It gets down to the root of every single thing that ails us. There's not an addiction. There's not a generational curse. There's not any root of sin. There's nothing that the blood of Jesus cannot cleanse. Visit monicaschmelter.com to schedule Monica to speak at your event. A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help, guide, and speak to us through prayer. I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical teaching and encouragement on how you can make prayer a natural and consistent part of your everyday life. I promise it won't require hiking a mountain, but you just might develop the faith to move one. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.